welcome to the Eat Magazine podcast. And if it's your first time here, please make yourself at home, relax. And uh, if you've been listening to some of our other podcasts, certainly come in. I think you're going to enjoy this. We have an interview now with Pamela Bain, who is an artist in Melbourne, Australia, and she's interviewing Colonel Chris Hadfield, the Canadian astronaut. So we get to listen in on part of that call. She shares that story with us, and uh, I found this was a really interesting process to go through for the magazine and and for myself. I, I thought it was very intriguing in terms of his message in a way uh, I guess spending so much time in space and then coming back to earth and and being able to share his uh, stories and Pamela's passion and enthusiasm as an artist and uh, working in uh, the medium where she does use space in a lot of her work and some of her planetary stuff is absolutely fantastic and in actual fact if you go to the magazine website eatmag.com and you look at the show notes for this is a really brilliant part of a post which goes through and has some of the images that Pamela Bain has created and you can actually buy those images and you can do that via the website and they are really an interesting interpretation of Pamela's work in terms of her paintings and her art and so I think you catch some of the enthusiasm in this interview and without further ado we'll jump straight into it now. Welcome back to this very special edition of uh, the Eat Radio podcast and we are joined today by Pamela Bain who uh, is an artist in Melbourne and a space enthusiast and uh, we're we're joining Pam today and she's going to be talking to us about her interview with the former astronaut and commander Chris Hadfield. Hi, thanks Pam, thanks for joining us. Thanks Colin, good to be here. Great, and um, so I I guess uh, would it be fair to say that uh, Chris Hadfield was the first astronaut you'd ever spoken to, is that right? Yes, he was the first astronaut, and that was really exciting and a bit daunting. I was a little nervous, but gee, it was a great opportunity to meet him. Right, okay. (laughs) So just giving some background, uh, because I know that you you had described yourself, uh, or maybe I had described you previously as a space junkie, and (laughs) and so... So I guess, um, do you want to just talk a little bit about that, your enthusiasm in space? Sure. Uh, Space age junkie, um, uh, it does describe me. I've been quite fascinated with the whole space age thing and the space race that uh, was going on in the 60s. And so um, as a result, I've been to NASA a few times in Houston. Right. And uh, uh, been on the tour and yep. seen all those things. That was that was terrific. I really loved it. So Brilliant. this was a terrific experience. Um, and my art also involves some imagery of the moon and uh, cosmic stuff. Right. And so you're going to uh, give us some more details, I think, later about that uh, in terms of the art side of this, which I think sure. people will find very interesting. And so we're also going to be uh, listening to some uh, audio grabs, uh, some conversation that, that you had re- with Chris that you recorded. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, and this is going to be uh, really revealing in terms of his perspective 
of art. Right. Um, in that uh, kind of context of being on the space station, right. also, and yep. um, also looking at his um, philosophical views too, right. and the um, feeling of uh, what what he senses from his perspective of right. Earth from outer space. Okay, and so in a way, this is his. I guess it's his world view, in a sense, you're yes, talking it is about. His, it is his unique world view, right. and I feel that it, there's a commonality between um, the experiences and emotions that um, people share when they're they're up there outside right. Earth's orbit, yep. um, looking back at the Earth, which is something I'm really interested in. Right. Okay. Well. All right. Brilliant. And I understand some of that comes comes through in your art, and we're going to be talking about that at a, at a later time as well. And so, um, what are we going to be listening to from Chris? Well, we're going to be listening to a, um, a few little snippets. So, uh, exactly what we've uh, really been talking about here: his um, different sort of experiences of the world and his views of um, art and the relevance of art to, I guess, convey. Um, new experiences, right? Yeah. So um, it, it's pretty interesting. I, I really got a lot out of this interview. Great, and I know that he tours a lot. I know he tours a lot in the US. He tours a lot in Canada. He tours all over the world, essentially. Yes, he does. Um, but he's also got a tour coming up somewhere. Where has he got a tour coming up? Well, now? look, he's touring Australia, which is right. really exciting and, for me. Okay, so, and so when's that? Look, it's um, August. Right, August of 2015. Yes, 2015. So this coming August. Right, he's... and so if people want uh, more, we're going to give full details of that tour at the end of okay. the podcast. Yep. And uh, it's going to be in the show notes, which which can be found at oh, eatmag.com. Yeah. And then yeah. it's also going to go into our newsletter if anybody's interested as well. But if anybody Fantastic. wants to uh, know just quickly now, before we go into uh, the detail of this interview, where would they find information now? Sure. Sure. Look, it's uh, Lateral Events oh, yes. uh, okay. hosting it. So right. that um, website yep. is l-a-t-e-r-a-l-e-v-e-n-t-s dot com. Okay, brilliant. So um, people click can on go that there, and, and that's got can... the, the dates around Australia. Yes. Okay, and brilliant. And show you how you can buy tickets. Uh, okay, and fantastic. Check out, you know, and where and when. And... Okay, good. And we're going to give where and when um, at the end of this at the end of this interview as well. Yes. So that's brilliant. And then they'll also be in the show notes. So that's great. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go, um, I guess, before we jump uh, straight into, I guess, a soundbite uh, with yep. Chris. Um, what is this soundbite that we're about to listen to? Uh, well, it's about um, art yep. that, that okay. I covered briefly before. So yeah. I really ask um, his his opinion or, or his attitude toward art as playing a role in conveying the astronaut experience and whether it's even doable for the artists on Earth to um, try and convey that when we actually haven't been there ourselves. So what do you mean by that? Are you uh, saying that... Uh, are you saying, in a sense, that if if an artist hasn't been to space, how can they kind of convey that, or how can yes. they express that? Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. And, um, right. Their particular feelings okay. um, are quite unique in that they they um, 
seem to um, mostly all come away with a sense of harmony right. and um, okay. the whole global yep. unity and right. you know, okay. quite quite firm attitudes. And right. So they um, come back to earth with a bit of attitude. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. It's well, an attitude of humanity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess, um, but uh, I can't really. <laughs> speak to that okay. as well as I guess, they can. I guess we're about to find out. So, yeah. All right, well, let's go straight into this um, uh, this part of the audio with Chris. Thanks for sharing this, Pam. Um, we were talking about um, you being an artist, so that's probably, well, it, it is happening already, I suppose, with your writing and your music. Well, yeah, I'm not really sure. I have a, I've, taken, I've done a book of photography. I've written an entire suite of music that are performing with a symphony. I'm not really sure where the threshold of artists begins. Well, who who knows anyway about that? Alan Bean from Apollo Twelve is um, um, an artist, and um, have you have you seen any of his work? I know Alan well. Um, I, I love what he does too. Um, yeah, me too. He's tremendous. He, he's a terrific test pilot and a, and a boat walker, and um, and has captured the experience very well through his paintings and, and sculpture. Yeah, yeah. So how do you see the role of the artist in general in expressing the astronaut's experience and how best do you think they could capture these experiences if they haven't seen them firsthand? Just a reinterpretation perhaps or is that a valid thing to do even? You know, when I, um, a lot of artists work off a shortage of information and then extrapolate it and, and try and explain it that way. And we truly communicate through art, of course. Yeah. That's how humans communicate with each other through poetry and through um, visuals. And you know, that's why a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, and so I, I think uh, for an artist to truly express the astronaut experience, uh, it depends what, what portion of it they want to express. They, they, uh, they would need to come and spend a bunch of time and see what it's truly like to be one. Or if they just want to interpret the environment, of course, that the audio and the video and the photography are as evocative as we can possibly make it. I think the closest to understanding the, the environment is, is through the IMAX movies that we've made. Sure. They, they give you the real sense of being there, the combination of the sound and the three-dimensionality of the visuals. Oh, right. Um, maybe the important part of this game is that we are now at the point in spaceflight where where there's time, where, where we've moved to orbit. We're not just probing. We're not just a quick little sampling missions. But we left Earth. And if, almost 14 years ago, we left Earth. And we now live off the planet. And we're starting to be able to capture that through art. And it's still quite dangerous and quite complex. So, so we can't send incompetent people up to space. But, but um, we're getting to the point now where there's, there's a, enough breadth of competence that people can start to understand what it means to us through art. And through the, art, through the astronauts that have artistic skills, we're, we're, we're uh, maybe starting to share it and see it better than we ever have. And, um, and I think that's probably our best hope is to continue to send people up there who have as many artistic skills as possible um, in order to share the experience with as many people as possible. That's a great idea. Thanks, Pam. That was, that was brilliant. I, uh, yeah, amazing. 
that was. Yeah, yes. okay. I, I was. I was pretty um, amazed myself. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then uh, I noticed he was. He mentioned photography as well, or he was talking about that whole view in terms of the, you know, that artistic view. Yeah, look, he is a photographer also. Um, he's put out a book of photographs. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, from the International Space Station, okay. which is called You Are Here. Um, the book is divided into the continents and um, it represents an idealised orbit of the Earth. So it's not like one whole circuit of the Earth. Yeah. It's um, um, different, uh, the best of, I guess. Right. And so is this, is this I, I guess, similar similar to the images? Because we had some amazing images in Eat Magazine, of course, uh, from your last two articles, which we were allowed to uh, put in there, which was yeah. sort of a mind-blowing experience for me to have to go through and try and sort of choose them. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Wasn't he generous? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And so um, I thought the images were startling, but, of course, you've, you've looked at a lot more than I have. So. Oh, look, in this book, it, oh, the images are just amazing. Um, they range from the Saharan Desert to the Australian Outback and Tokyo Harbour. And the Mississippi Delta. Interestingly, in the Mississippi Delta, he he sort of writes about um, different aspects of it, and he he talks about um, the topsoil of the heartland flowing relentlessly into the Gulf of Mexico. So um, that's really interesting to think about too. It seems that you can see all sorts of things from outer space that we can't really grasp properly right. on yep. Earth. Sure. And okay. uh, the Tokyo Harbour one is. Just it's just gorgeous because you can see the human settlements there, right. and uh, right next to where nature exists and animals and the fauna, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And the outback and the Sahara, they are so artistic for me because they look like marbling. Well, it's I'm incredible. just looking. Is that the Sahara image? That's there now? the Sahara. So, how image. would you explain that to people who are listening who can't see that? Oh, <laughs> of course, well, like I can. Um, it's a bit difficult. It's marbling. If you know what marbling is, that's right. great. Um, shapes um, that just sort of weave and flow across the landscape. Oh, right. And, and the colours are, are really intense, quite, aren't they? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Great. They and then are. what's that image there that we're looking at? Well, this is the outback, which is pretty similar, but uh, more sort oh, of swir- very swirly and, yep. uh, yeah, very harmonious. They look yeah, just, I'm, I'm sure people <laughs> listening will be going, look, Please I really, go and see I, I, I really need to, I need to, I need to see those images. I really so, liked we, in the book, sorry, how, yeah. how um, there were also the nighttime shots, so you oh, saw that's the right. light. So over Berlin and yes. some of those other amazing yeah, cities. Yeah, across the globe, and it's yeah. just... Yeah, it's such a different perspective. That yeah, we, we can't yeah, really absolutely. Fathom. I think we'll have to put the the links, obviously, to Chris's website in the show notes as well, so that um, people can get those uh, details and they can go onto eatmag.com and just be able to kind of click through and see exactly the kind of things we're talking oh, about. Oh, it's really so, worth looking at. Yeah. So brilliant. And so, um, what else did you learn during during the uh, interview, Pam? Gosh, look, it was the information was so diverse yeah. and there was so much. I had um, over 10 questions. Yeah, okay. Um, but I was really keen to know more about the collaborative 
aspect on board the International Space Station and how the um, representatives of the different nationalities really got along, especially in view of world events that were happening on Earth. Oh, at that particular time. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a a little while ago. And so um, when you talk about that, um, so, so people came from a wide variety of countries, is that right? How many countries was it? Oh, look, at least 15 really? countries. Really? Right, okay. uh, Astronauts from uh, 15 countries right. have, have visited there. Yeah. Uh, Russia and Canada and the US. Right. Uh, are obviously very uh, representative. Um, but, you know, uh, countries like South Korea, Spain, Malaysia, Brazil, Sweden, the Netherlands, gosh, it's all around the world. So, right, so okay. it's something that seems to be bringing the world together in, in a different sort of way. Oh, right, and I guess especially if, if people from all of those countries are in space, they're in that one space station, and yes. so they need to communicate and, uh, yeah. and I guess, uh, have, have some shared values And on one level. I mean, of course, they do. Their lives depend on each other, so it's quite a different scenario, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's probably the clincher, that their, yeah. lives, their lives do depend on each right, other. and. Okay. Um, they do um, extensive training together, yeah. obviously, especially yep. um, US and um, Russia. Right, uh, sure. Which yep. is, uh, I think, the most interesting kind of partnership. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, so. Okay, brilliant. And so we're going to listen to an, another part of the audio, is that yes. right, the next part of the interview? So, yes, this is, so this one is one of the bits I really love. Right, okay. And I know that you are very keen on all of them. So um, yes. what's this part then? Well, this is where I I mention that uh, in his book um, he talks about uh, the Mir space station and how that was uh, kind of the first time that they did have, countries did have to collaborate. Right. And then he talks about, um, uh, I ask him about uh, how, how they actually did sort of communicate, did they talk together about world events. And um, this is what he said. All right, brilliant. Let's go straight to it. Um, in your book, you also mention the Mir space station and how it united two previously warring parties. I'm really intrigued by the cultural interrelations on board the International Space Station, especially in light of world events. Uh, were these um, things that were happening in the world, just general concerns and news, news items, were they discussed on board? And we're well, sure. we're, we don't, we don't, we're a crew. You know, I was the commander of a group of people from all over Earth. We don't tiptoe around each other. Um, of course, we discuss it, and and um, we we tend to view most of the, the greedy and the and the um, power hungry and and short-term thinking manifestations of human behavior, we tend to all view them the same way. It doesn't matter what country you grew up in. I mean, I had people from multiple languages and cultures on the crew. And, you know, it's it's somewhere between uh, amusement and despair to see what, what people get up to. But they don't have to be on the space station to see that. Just look at the news in any city on Earth, and there's always people... Um, doing mean things or badly misbehaving. But at the same time, there's an enormous preponderance of wonderful things happening. The vast majority of people are good and doing good things and, and looking for grace and peace and beauty and, and, and being kind. That's, it just doesn't, does 
that's the basic fundamental norm of human existence. And so we talk about that. We put things into the proper perspective. And and the parts of the world that are hotspots, a lot of them have been hotspots for decades, for centuries, for millennia. And so getting all upset about them um, when at the same time we are cooperatively starting to explore the universe in person is disproportionate. Yeah. I think we have a lot better sense of the example that we set and and the uh, the way that we found to explore everything beyond the earth. But I think that's much more important to us than what happened this week in the news. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Pam. And uh, I guess wanted to ask you as well about uh, the next clip. So, what was the question in the next clip that you, that you'd ask him? Well, look, I I had um, been really intrigued to know um, how he saw his his life back on Earth, and because um, he's he's uh, doing the lecture tours and oh, the yeah. circuits, um, which were, I know I went to see one, which was just fantastic. Oh, I just right. went to see him talk, okay. and that that was excellent. Oh, I so urge everybody to do that if they yeah. haven't. Yeah. Um, and I, I I wondered if he thought. Uh, he was on a mission if he saw himself as a bit of a missionary to share his experience and um, some of the things that he'd learned himself okay. uh, about Earth. Great. You also note that we are all stewards of the Earth and that we can all make a contribution to its well-being. Can you elaborate on that point, please, and how can we make a difference? What would you suggest? I'm not uh, sure that I'm on a mission. I think it's a responsibility. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be trusted to fly in space and, and to be one of the first people to do a spacewalk and one of the few to command a space station. And so I see it as as a necessity and an obligation and a responsibility. Um, and, and so it's not like I'm, I'm a missionary. I, I think instead I'm a responsible citizen. Um, and what I... Uh, the perspective that you have when you've been around the world several thousand times is one of, of uh, unification, one of shared experience, one of shared responsibility. Um, you, it is inevitable to notice that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And, and there are enough of us now that, that we can really not only do harm to each other, but do harm to the place that we live. And, and where everybody's willing to blame someone else or point a finger at some other organization, um, at some political party or some company or, or whatever, when really, the if, if you're not putting your own house in order, if you haven't taken care of the things that are important to you at, at your own level, then you don't have any voice at all. And, and so the point that I make is that you have to make people feel individually, personally responsible for themselves in this world as member, as, as crew members of this ship. And I would hate it on a space station if one of my crew members, all they ever did was blame the other crew members or blame NASA, and yet at the same time, we're contributing nothing to the crew. And yet so many people on Earth drop into that role and, and feel that it's okay. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, we need to change our individual perception. The fact that the difference that one person makes collectively is the difference that everybody makes. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's something you see very clearly from when you get, when you get a, um, 400 kilometers above. And, and it's one that, that I, I try and help people rethink and not just say, whatever, the currently elected political party that we have, they're the real problem. 
Yes. What if we elect the other political party? Suddenly everything's going to be solved. You know, it's it's just it's it's kind of a foolish deferment of or or displacement of responsibility, and the real responsibility rests on each of our shoulders. Yeah. Thanks for that, Pam. I I didn't realize that. Uh, I guess that you went into some such depth there. I I suppose with the interview with Chris and. I found it very insightful that he really kind of opened up and he, he shared really very clearly, I guess, what the experience was for him. And so... Yeah, I, I found it really moving, actually. Right, okay. Yeah, yep, sure. And so I understand that you've been seeing other astronauts as well. Is that true? <laughs> well, um, well, I have been to see Sandy uh, Magnus. Really? Yes. Okay, um, all right. And she's been an astronaut on the International Space Station okay. as well. So that, that was pretty brilliant. All right. And then I guess you've, you've also been... Uh, I. I think you were quoting somebody to me the other day, another astronaut. I can't remember their name. Oh, uh, who could that have been? There's so many. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me, <laughs> tell me. Who was that? Well, look, uh, Michael Collins said something really interesting too, oh, yeah. which also relates to what Chris was saying okay. um, uh, in, a, in a little way. And because um, he was... What I'm getting from his talk in general is is the global unity, and if we all had this perspective, would yeah. it, um, we be a much more enlightened race of people, perhaps? Um, so Michael Collins, who was um, part of the Apollo 11 oh, mission, yep, sure. so he stayed in the craft while Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were on the moon. Right. Um, afterwards, he said, uh, the pity of it is um, that so... For so far, the view has been the exclusive property of a handful of test pilots rather than world leaders who need this world perspective. Right. You know, pretty profound. Yep, absolutely. And so, yeah, well, look at it is. I think we should get all all the world leaders, I think we should order a shuttle and send them there. Yes. As soon as possible. They can have a little summit on yep, the moon. Absolutely. Look, I think... Oh, no, not on the moon, on the space station. <laughs> on the space station. That's right. So, look, if we don't manage that in the next few weeks, um, if anybody, uh, obviously, if they want to know more about uh, Chris Hadfield's work, they can come to eatmag.com at E-A-T-T-M-A-G.com. Uh, and we've got all the show notes there and all of the links. But also, if there's anybody in Australia where he's touring, um, where can they find out? Well, where is he? Where is he uh, going to be? Well, he's going to be in four cities, yeah. um, which include Adelaide on Tuesday the 11th of August. Right. Perth, Thursday the 13th of August. Okay. Uh, Sydney, the uh, Tuesday the 18th of August. Yep. And also Melbourne, uh, Thursday the 20th of August. And I think I will try and get there myself. Right. Again. Brilliant. Well, I, I certainly hope you do. And, uh, and where do people go if they want to know more about uh, those tour dates in Australia? Well, they go to Lateral Events and you can find that via their website, yep. which is lateralevents.com, L-A-T-E-R-A-L-E-V-E-N-T-S.com. Okay, brilliant. All right. And just come to eatmag.com if you want more uh, details or to find any of those links. Thanks for joining us for that uh, interesting interview. And we continue on with our space adventures uh, later on uh, in in a new podcast stream uh, with another couple of podcasts. So we'll be telling you about those before they come out. And there's also 
a space theme in some ways to our latest podcast, which has just come out on YouTube. And it's on YouTube now exclusively at this time. Uh, so if you want to catch that, you can go to YouTube and search for Eat Magazine, E-A-T-T Magazine. Or you could go to our website, eatmag.com, and just click on the YouTube link and that'll take you straight to those uh, two video podcasts and uh, they're with a very very interesting artist and uh, once you get to the end of the first video you'll see you'll see the space theme that I'm talking about the the image actually reveals itself during that first part of the uh, interview and then uh, of course it'll be coming out later on on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud but if you don't want to wait for that uh, you can jump on YouTube now and get access to that. So uh, we've got another a couple of very interesting things coming up. Of course we're going to the island and uh, if you don't know what island that is then I can assure you we'll be telling you about that shortly and uh, thanks for joining us. We look forward to catching you soon. Technology. Travel.